0: Today on the Matt Wall Show, leftists across the country are melting into puddles of sadness and rage over the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Many major corporations are coming to their aid by uh, promising to pay for their employees' abortions. This is supposed to be empowering for women, but it's exactly the opposite. We'll talk about why. Also, the Supreme Court is on a historic hot streak with another major and majorly correct decision coming down this morning. This one pertaining to prayer in schools. And Amazon employees protest Johnny the Walrus during the Seattle Pride Parade. In our daily cancellation, many pro-abortion women are pledging to practice abstinence in response to the Roe decision. I could not be a bigger fan of that idea. All of that, plus a very special treat for the sweet baby gang that you'll have to see to believe. Trust me, today on The Matt Walsh Show. Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and uh, this battle now is finally leaving D.C. and going to the grassroots. It's not over. It's just uh, changing venues in a certain way. And no group in America is better positioned to fight this battle than 40 Days for Life. There are one million volunteers hold peaceful vigils outside abortion facilities in a thousand cities across the country. In fact, most of their volunteers are located in blue states, such as California, where the lives of innocent babies are most threatened and where they're going to certainly be the most needed now. Many former abortion facility directors say that these vigils can cause the abortion no-show rate to increase to as high as 75%, which is a major blow to the abortion business. These peaceful vigils have even led to many closures of abortion facilities in America, nearly half of which were in cities like San Francisco, Chicago, and Seattle, which are, of course, hardly pro-life areas. 40 Days for Life is effectively changing hearts and minds in the grassroots to end abortion. You can check out their locations, their podcasts, and their free magazine at 40daysforlife.com. Again, for more information on 40 Days for Life, simply head to 40daysforlife.com. Well, the weekend after the Dobbs decision, the final weekend of what has been without question the greatest pride month in history— was marked with all the frenzied hysteria and bloodthirsty delirium that we were expecting. Protesters raged in the streets in Arizona. A full-on insurrection broke out as rioters tried to break in to the Capitol building. Uh, Meanwhile, Democrats in D.C. stoked the flames, screaming that democracy is dead. The Constitution is a sham. All is lost now because, you know, it would be more difficult to kill babies in some states. On social media, an outpouring of rage and grief and trauma from pro-aborts driven to the edge of madness by the thought of infants being born rather than butchered. Some of the scenes have been, I think, quite emotionally affecting. uh, And uh, here's just a brief compilation we put together.
1: Get angry! This is atrocious! This is war on women! How dare the Supreme Court do this? you, Kavanaugh! You Gorsuch were lying under oath when you were confirmed, saying that you believe that this was settled. Women will die, but as long as it fits your Christian God narrative, it must be correct. Illegitimate! 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 All the human rights are going to start falling down. Alright, LGBTQ plus community, we're next on the chopping block and birth control. And possibly in a racial marriage. So pretty much we're going... The only thing that's going to have rights in this country is white men and guns. This is about the woman who tried to have a baby so bad and ended up having a miscarriage who now has to go stand on trial. If we don't stand up now and do something about this, The Handmaid's Tale is going to be more than just a show. And I am sick. How do I look at my daughters and tell them that they're growing up in an amazing place when they're not?
0: I love to travel and spend money. Like, I love to spend money. But if you
1: are a red state and you have anti-abortion laws, not only will I not visit your state uh, and and not spend my money there, but I will also not be sending my children there to college and
0: they will not be spending any money there either. I think that if you can leave the country, you should. I think if you're of childbearing age
1: and you can leave the country, you should.
0: Always delicious. You know, I have to be honest with you, watching that last clip, I really do feel bad uh, for whoever was filming it, because that was not a selfie. The camera actually followed her as she writhed about having a temper temper tantrum that would give my two-year-old something to aspire to. I'm just wondering whether she told the person behind the camera that she wanted to grab some footage of her psychotic break. Like, did she tell them that ahead of time, or was this all a surprise? I don't know. But unintelligible, guttural screaming comes in many different forms, of course, and um, we saw a lot of that sort of thing on cable news, where the tantrums were slightly less ear piercing, but certainly not any more coherent. Uh, AOC, who's been doing a full media tour, vomiting her half-baked abortion opinions in front of any camera she can find, appeared on NBC on Sunday to call for the impeachment of all of the justices who issued an opinion she doesn't like. Watch.
1: They can now lie to duly elected members of the United States Senate in order to secure Supreme Court uh, nomin- uh, confirmations and, and, and seats on the Supreme Court. This do you think is lying, you think lying at a confirmation is a, 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 an,
0: hearing is an impeachable offense?
1: I believe so. Okay. I believe so. I believe lying under oath is an impeachable offense. Um, I believe that violating federal law in not disclosing income from political organizations, as Clarence Thomas uh, mm-hmm. did years ago, is also potentially an impeachable offense. I believe that um, that not recusing uh, from cases that one clearly has family members involved in uh, with very deep violations of conflict of interest are also impeachable offenses.
0: Now, of course, it's not true that the justices lied under oath. Okay, they avoided the Roe question. They didn't lie about it. It's also particularly funny, I think, that the left is acting betrayed and heartbroken by especially Justice Kavanaugh, you know, voting against their interests. All they did was falsely accuse him of being a serial gang rapist, so how could he be so disloyal to them after that? This is how the left views things, though, of course. You know, they can they can treat you like dirt, try to ruin your life. And at the end of it all, they still expect your undying and unquestioned fealty and obedience. They don't know how to handle it when they get anything less than that. Um, Corporate America has jumped into the action, too, we should note. One of the first out of the gate was Dick's Sporting Goods, a company that sells products to the sorts of people who hunt and fish and play sports, but markets itself to the sorts of people who've never done any of those things. Mere hours after the decision was announced on Friday, Dix issued a statement from the CEO declaring their intention to facilitate and fund the execution of their employees' children. The memo from Dix head, Lauren Hobart, read in part, in response to today's ruling, we are announcing that if the state you live in restricts access to abortion, Dix Sporting Goods will provide up to $4,000 in travel uh, reimbursement to travel to the nearest location where that care is legally available. The benefit will be provided to any teammate, spouse, or dependent enrolled in our medical plan, along with one support person. Translation, rather than give birth to another dependent, we will pay you to kill him. And Dix was not the only company to make this generous offer. Many other major corporations also put prices on the heads of their employees' children. Citigroup, Salesforce, Facebook, Yelp, Netflix, Uber, JP Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, to name a few, all have extended this charity to the hirelings on their payroll. And the left has applauded this. You know, they've applauded this as allyship. And they could not be happier that now abortion will remain an intimate and private decision made by a woman, her doctor, and the multinational corporation she works for. Because everyone knows that you should never trust These evil, greedy, billion-dollar capitalist businesses, unless they're offering to fund your abortion tourism, in which case, I mean, you can assume that it's nothing but an act of kind-hearted philanthropy. But, you know, someone who's um, slightly less trusting might think that there's something other than pure benevolence driving this. Two other things, specifically. Um, One is the standard corporate instinct to virtue signal at every opportunity— And since we live in a decaying, virtuous society, a company can virtue signal by bragging about all the infanticides it's planning to fund. The other factor is even simpler, though. Um, Profit margins. Because if you're a generic cubicle jockey working for J.P. Morgan Chase or Goldman Sachs or whatever, your employer's bottom line is better served by shelling out a few thousand bucks to pay for an abortion than by losing you for months at a time or maybe forever when you have a child. These employers want all of their nameless vassals on the payroll to come to work, do whatever task is required of them, punch out, and uh, come back the next day. Anything that interrupts this workflow, anything that pulls a worker away from her job, anything that distracts her or causes her to focus on anything other than the data she's supposed to be punching into her computer, um, all of that is an obstacle that her employer would rather just get rid of. And this includes, especially includes, her children. Now here, I think, in this um, rather bleak, dystopian spectacle of major corporations incentivizing employees to murder their children, we see the modern notion of women's empowerment laid bare. Because for years, we've been told that um, a woman is liberated and fulfilled when she leaves her home and her family and becomes a hired servant for some corporation. The institution of the family stifles and oppresses her so she can find her freedom within a larger profit-driven institution. There, rather than attending to the needs of her family, she can attend to the needs of upper management. And this is supposed to be the pinnacle of human happiness and achievement, and a far more joyful and luxurious life than the one that she might have had at home. Um, And what we discover now is that all of this is and always was a lie. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with having a job, okay? I I have one. But this romanticized vision of the corporate world and the claim that working a nine-to-five job is superior in every way to working in the home is false and empty and ultimately absurd. And nothing could make that more clear. Nothing could better reveal the stark reality of the situation then these companies encouraging their employees to violently liberate themselves from motherhood so that they can stay on the clock and at their desk, driving revenue. Now, yes, a woman will be far happier if she embraces motherhood rather than shedding the blood of her own offspring in order to avoid it. But these companies aren't concerned with their employees' happiness or their wholeness or fulfillment. They care about the bottom line. And they will kill, or rather, pay for you to kill, in order to protect it. And this is what they call empowerment. Now let's get to our five headlines. Um, you know, it's been, a, it's been, as I said, a great Pride Month. A lot of big, um, uh, major achievements and milestones and everything. Had a, had, had a personal one in my life, which which is that um, on Instagram, we went over 500,000 followers on Instagram, and uh, a lot of great content over on my Instagram page, I think. I haven't looked at it in a few months, but uh, you should definitely go follow me on Instagram if you haven't yet. That's a great pitch. You know, I was kind of making light uh, before of, of the leftists upset about Roe v. Wade being overturned, but I, I did want to play one. Here's one reaction that actually does... You know, it does hurt a little bit. Uh, this one, this one hurt me. The Twitch streamer, uh, Twitch streamer, I think is what they're called, Pokimane, says that she's leaving the country, and she's not the only one. There are a bunch of leftists now, many of them on Twitch, who are leaving the country because of uh, Roe v. Wade being overturned. And just, just listen to this. Yes, the Roe versus Wade news is absolutely terrible. I tweeted about it, I RT'd a couple things, I faved a couple things. It's just tough because what more can we even say at this point? We've said it all. It's depressing. I booked a ticket back to Canada. Like, Anna? I just don't want to imagine a country without Pokimane. I just, I can't imagine. I I woke up this morning and it felt pointless. There's no reason to get out of bed and carry on without Pokemon Maine. I I wandered through the countryside crying out for Maine, but she was nowhere to be found because she had moved back to Canada, along with all the rest. A lot of of them saying they're moving to Canada. Uh, A lot of, uh, we get a lot of leftists who are in red states saying they're moving out, they're done. And some would say that this is just a major added bonus of having Roe v. Wade overturned. So it's it's win upon win, uh, upside upon upside. It's a great thing. One other reaction worth playing for you. This is Anna Navarro, who used to pretend to be a conservative. I don't even know if she still does anymore. If she still if she still is keeping up that act or not. In fact, she's one of uh, you know one of these so-called conservatives. Bill Kristol's another, and there there are others. Um, and you know they they are on cable news a lot and. They've decided at some point in the last few years that um, not only are they do they hate Donald Trump, and this is where it all started, like they hated Donald Trump, and so then they went over to the left while still pretending to be on the right, but they've also decided that they, they've adopted all of the left's positions on everything, including being pro-abortion, and none of these people have explained why they changed their mind on abortion. They just did, and uh, have never been asked to explain that. So Anna Navarro is one of them. And, and here's the um, the reason that she gave. This is on CNN right after the decision was made and the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Here's the the pitch that she gives for abortion. Listen to this.
1: I am not anybody to tell you what you need to do with your life or with your uterus. And because I have a family with a lot of special needs kids. I have a brother who's 57 and has the mental and motor skills of a one-year-old and i know what that means financially emotionally physically for a family and i know not all families can do it and i have a step-granddaughter who was born with down syndrome and you know what it is very difficult in florida to get services
0: well that's quite horrifying of course what she's saying is that well i have family members who have special needs i have a family member with down syndrome and so, therefore, uh, it, it would be better off if they were dead. I mean, that's what she's saying. Now, she's come out after the fact to clarify and say she's being taken out of context or whatever, but you heard, you heard the whole context there. There's no context that will rescue you from what you actually said. And she, of course, is not the only one on the left making this case. We're hearing this over and over again. Uh, in fact, I just responded to somebody on Twitter. It looks like they, well, they just deleted it, but a verified account, some journalist saying that... Uh, well, what about, you know, we get rid of abortion and, and think about all the kids that are going to be in foster care now. And the way, and what she said was, would, would, you, would you really go to the child in foster care and say to him, uh, well, at least you're alive. And, and yeah, actually, that is part of the message to anyone who's in a difficult position or suffering, that it's good to be alive, that there's hope. What else would your message be? Are you going to go to the child in foster care and say it would be better if you were dead? Is that your message? Is that your message to a, a child with Down syndrome in your own family? That is, you're better off dead. Well, that is the message. That's what the left is saying. Uh, because, and, and this is the this is eugenics. That there are some lives that are just not worth living. And on the left, they're considered to be kind of the dregs of humanity. If you have special needs, if you're in foster care, you're a strain on the system, it'd just be better if, if you were dead. It'd be better off to just kill you. The only thing at this point that the left stops themselves from doing is openly advocating that we kill those people now who have already been born. But that's coming down the line. That's a, that's a logical extension of the argument that they're making. After all, if what you're saying is that the, the, the seven-year-old in foster care is better off dead, that's not very far from arguing that we might as well just kill all the kids in foster care. Well, You just said they're better off dead. Their lives aren't worth living. No, either you cherish life or you don't. Either you think life is worth living, or you don't. Um, either you think that every human life has potential, and every person has the right to live their life and uh, and and have a chance at, you know, fulfilling that potential at least. Either you believe that, or you don't. And if you don't believe that, then the consequences are quite dark, as we're seeing now. Uh, one other thing that I thought this was uh, kind of funny, this was Ian, Ian Miles Chong posted this on Twitter. This is uh, someone on, on the left on Reddit trying to organize people to go, pro, pro-abortion pro people, to, to get together and go into the rural areas to go after the uh, pro-lifers. And this is what they say. The radical Christians are found in the rural areas. Their towns are defenseless they have almost no cops, and their firemen are volunteers. They have to borrow cops and firemen from neighboring jurisdictions miles away in order to handle anything big, and they think they're safe out there. Forget burning cities. Cities are on our side. It's time for rural areas to feel the heat. You show up a 100 deep in every rural town in a 50-mile radius, intent on revolution. You'll crash their system and make them pay. And if you all think I'm kidding, I'm dead serious. This was caused by backward-ass rural conservatives operating out of a Christianized worldview— they were the ones who voted for Trump in 16. These disillusioned, redneck, white trash, blue collar types who flipped massively for the GOP punished them, punished their towns. Um, and every rural person who hears that is just thinking to themselves, yeah, please try it, please try it. I moved from a rural area last year and the idea that um, country folk are defenseless. <laughs> what I can tell you is if you live out in the country you hear gunshots all day and night, but it's a different kind of gunshot. It's not like the kind of gunshot you hear if you live in an urban area, and it's because you know people on the street corner are shooting each other over drugs or whatever. No, this is out in the country. They're shooting day and night because it's like target practice. They're shooting just for fun in their big backyards because in the country, you actually get to have a yard with grass and stuff, um, or they're out hunting. So everyone is armed to the teeth. Uh, they have guns, and they know how to use them. So, yeah, go ahead and give that a shot. Get 100 Antifa folks together and go out into the country for your revolution, and we'll see how that goes. Make sure to live stream it. You know, I'd like to see how that plays out. Um, All right, moving on to this. The Supreme Court is just on a roll right now. I think this is uh, the greatest series of Supreme Court decisions in history. I'm not sure that anything even comes close. So um, this is from The Daily Wire. On Monday morning, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled in Kennedy versus uh, Bremerton School District that a public high school football coach in the state of Washington had his First Amendment rights violated after he was placed on administrative leave by the school district and banned from participating in the football program for praying on the field after games in view of students. Um, And uh, the majority opinion was authored by Justice Neil Gorsuch. It was a 6-3 to decision. They were saying that his rights were violated, that he did indeed have the right to pray on the field, and to punish him for it was a violation of his rights. Gorsuch wrote, quote, here a government entity sought to punish an individual for engaging in a brief, quiet, personal religious observance doubly protected by the free exercise and free speech clauses of the First Amendment. And the only meaningful jurisdiction, uh, justification the government offered for its reprisal rested on a mistaken view that it had a duty to ferret out and suppress uh, religious observances, even as it allows comparable secular speech, The Constitution neither mandates nor tolerates that kind of discrimination. This one's pretty obvious. The only concerning thing here, obviously, is that three justices actually thought that a football coach doesn't have the right to pray. Okay, that's the concerning thing. Here's the, just to remind everybody, the actual text of the First Amendment Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Okay, that's what the the First Amendment says. The only limitation, if we can call it that, placed around religion is that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion in other words Congress cannot make a uh cannot establish a state religion so you know my dream of being a theocratic fascist dictator well that's that's that can't happen within our current system but that's okay because the the plan always was to destroy the system and just appoint me the you know the emperor of of the hemisphere uh, but as long as we have this system in place that's that's the rule Anything outside of that, though, when it comes to the exercise of religion, is not any kind of infringement on the First Amendment. So when a foot here's what we have to ask ourselves. When a football coach um, prays on the field with with other players who, who are there voluntarily, he's not forcing them to be there. He didn't say that you have to pray or show your uh, uh, fealty to the Christian faith in order to be on the team. He didn't say that. But when he's choosing to pray, is that him establishing a state religion? No. Is he Congress or even a member of Congress? No, he's just a private individual. So no, this this falls pretty clearly under the free exercise clause of the First Amendment, which means that to stop him from doing it is infringing on the First Amendment. I mean just think about we're so used to hearing this argument from the left that you you know you get numb to it after a while but just think about how perverse and ridiculous it is to claim that you're infringing on the first amendment by praying what the first amendment exists in part to protect your right to do exactly that so this was clearly the right the right uh decision and there's just the argument on the other side of this is uh, grounded in a total mutilation of the First Amendment and what the First Amendment is meant to actually protect. All right, let's move to this. Uh, and there's, a, there's a whole lot going on today, so we've got to move quickly through some of these. Boris Johnson, Prime Minister of the UK, was interviewed by Jake Tapper, and there was a great exchange where Tapper tried to get Johnson to agree that American democracy was destroyed on January 6th was uh, devastated. But instead, Johnson reveals that uh, people in other countries apparently aren't in their historical, their hysterical doomsday cult. You know, the one that Jake Tapper and the rest of the media is in. Uh, people in other countries aren't necessarily in that same cult. And so it led to this exchange, which I thought was pretty entertaining. Listen to this. We're here at the G7, a gathering of the world's leading democracies. When I talk to friends in Canada, the UK, Australia, and elsewhere, people express concern About the United States, as about the United States in terms of our ability and our institutions to to thrive and continue after what happened uh, with the election of 2020, they worry that democracy is on life support in the United States. People might not know this about you, but you were born in the United States, and until recently, I was.
1: I was. I was. I was was born in New York City. Uh, That was I. A fantastic place. Jake, where, where were you born? Worried. Where were you born in New York?
0: Where was uh, Staten Island. All oh, right. Okay. I was like,
1: I was born in New York. General Hospital. Remember. Are you worried at all? Do you look No. At I no. want to say this to the people of the United States. I'm not. Uh, I think that, I, I just get back to the, what I've been trying to say to you uh, throughout this interview. Uh, I think that uh, reports of the death of democracy in the United States are grossly, grossly exaggerated. Uh, America is a shining city on a hill. And for me, for my, and it will continue to be so. And I think that uh, the mere fact that uh, you know, Joe Biden has stepped up to the plate in the way that, uh, that he has uh, shows that the instincts of America are still very much in the right place. And, yeah, look, I mean, there were, there were some uh, weird and, and kind of unattractive scenes uh, back in the, Before. you know died. I mean, it was pretty serious. It was pretty weird. I won't deny that. Looking from the outside, it was pretty weird. But I don't believe that American democracy is under serious threat. Far from it. I continue to believe that America is the greatest global guarantor of democracy and freedom.
0: Yeah, it's actually the best possible one-word description of January 6th. Like, in reality, what actually happened, uh, it was weird. It was, it was very, that's what, that's the truth. It was weird. Now, Jake Tapper lies and said people died. Uh, One person died and that was Ashley Babbitt. It was killed by a Capitol police officer, of course, but uh, Jake Tapper doesn't even count her. Like they don't, she doesn't count as far. Anytime they're talking about the death toll of January 6th, they're not counting her. She didn't exist as far as they're concerned. So um, he's just making up other stuff. Nobody else died as, um, or was killed you know, through violence on January 6th or died as a result of January 6th. Um, but the best one-word description actually is the one Boris Johnson gives it there, which is, it was definitely weird. It was a very weird thing. Like, it was just weird, okay? I mean, you've, when you've got a guy in, a, in a, a buffalo helmet marching through the Capitol, people are taking selfies at Nancy Pelosi's desk. It's a weird thing. But did it destroy our democracy? Um, no. No it didn't. And this is really hard. This is why Jake Tapper, he was, you could tell he was quite shocked. He kept trying to get Boris Johnson to agree with him. No, 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 but it was it was the worst thing ever, right? Wasn't it the worst thing that ever happened in history? It's one of the great historical tragedies, wasn't it? But don't you think that? So he's shocked that Boris Johnson won't go along with it because they don't, they just, they don't, it's, it's a cliche at this point to talk about how the media and the leftist elite are in a bubble and are insulated. Like, it sounds like a cliche, but it is also true that they exist in this insulated bubble. And um, they just don't understand or realize how other people view anything, especially how other people view them. They don't understand it. All right, let's move to this. This is from uh, Bloomberg. It says, a group of Amazon.com uh, Incorporated employees plan to march in Seattle's Pride Parade on Sunday. So this was an article that went out before the Pride Parade, which happened yesterday. Um, but this gives a little bit of context of something that happened at this Pride Parade. So it says, they, uh, Amazon employees plan to march in Seattle's Pride Parade on Sunday to protest the online retailer's sale of books that they consider anti-transgender, an action that threatens to erode the company's image as an inclusive employer. In recent months, several hundred staffers have been pushing the e-commerce giant to ban books like Irreversible Damage, The Transgender Cray, Seducing Our Daughters, which is by Abigail Schreier. Uh, and as I've said, one of the most important books of this century. If you've never read that book, you should read it. They say that such titles dehumanize trans people and dismiss their identities as mental disorders, which runs counter to the recommendations of almost every major medical group. And police say the books could confuse vulnerable teens and their parents who turn to Amazon seeking information. And uh, another target is Johnny the Walrus, a children's book by conservative commentator Matt Walsh about a boy who thinks he's a marine mammal. The boy's mother, caving to pressure from the internet people, quote unquote, feeds him worms and takes him to a saw-wielding doctor who suggests turning his hands and feet into fins. That is a pretty correct summation of the plot of uh, that book. A spokesperson for the title's publisher, The Daily Wire-owned DW Books, applauded Amazon for dismissing demands by its woke employees, adding that, quote, with nearly 100,000 copies sold on Amazon alone, it's clear that there is a huge demand for Johnny the Walrus by Amazon customers, and we are thrilled with the book's massive success. Um... So we didn't get the, as expected, we didn't get the apology statement from Daily Wire. I would have been pretty shocked by that. So then the, the uh, Pride Parade happens, and the Amazon employees show up. And uh, I was really hoping and rooting that they'd have some signs with maybe images of Johnny the Walrus. I was hoping for like a sign with a, with a trans walrus, you know, circled and crossed out or something. Now, we didn't get that, but um, here is what we did get instead at the Pride Parade. Go ahead. So- All right, there's holding signs that say "No Hate at Amazon," which I'm I'm fine with that message. By the way, I agree, which is why there's nothing remotely hateful about Johnny the Walrus or about my other best-selling book, which is What Is a Woman in book form, which you can buy at Amazon. And as it just so happens, we found out this weekend. Uh, I'm just listening. Okay, he's not saying anything important. All right, we can turn that off. So that's it. That's all. They just marched with that banner. Huge disappointment there, but uh, that was the disappointment. Um, the good part is that we found out over the weekend that "What Is a Woman" my book "What Is a Woman" uh, was officially, you know, made it officially onto the Amazon bestseller list for the week. It made it onto Publisher Weekly, uh, Publishers Weekly bestseller list, Wall Street Journal, and um, pretty much every bestseller list except for the New York Times because the New York Times has decided that uh, basically no Daily Wire book is allowed to make it on their list anymore. That started with Michael Knowles and his book, Speechless. So really, I blame him. And ever since then, no other Daily Wire book is allowed to be on the New York Times bestseller. Johnny the Walrus, we sold like, I don't even know what it was, 50, 60,000 copies in a week or something crazy like that. And we still didn't make it on the New York Times bestseller list. But we were on every other bestseller list for what is a woman, including, this is pretty funny, the Seattle Times. This is the Seattle Pride March and the Seattle Times bestseller list. We made that one also. So you can go to Amazon.com right now and uh, pick up that book. Now, you know, it, it's funny too that they lump, you know, they lump me in with Abigail Schreier and they lump in my books with Abigail Schreier's books. But, um, you know, my approach, I will admit, can sometimes be um, a little provocative, you know, and, uh, and I'll, I'll admit that about myself. Even on Johnny the Walrus, we never even mention anything about trans people. I mean, it's simply a story of, uh, of a boy identifying as a walrus. That's all. A lovely, fanciful tale. But in general, I'll admit that I take that approach. Abigail Schreier does not. And um, her book, Irreversible Damage, all, all it simply does is document this craze, as it says in the subtitle, uh, overtaking you know, adolescent girls. It takes this phenomenon, which is that over the course of just a few years, transgender identification skyrocketed to astronomical levels among adolescent girls in particular. And so Abigail Schreier is noticing that in the book and then trying to figure out why that is happening. And in fact, Schreier, and I don't want to misrepresent her view here, but she, I don't think, and certainly not in the book, but even just herself individually, She doesn't take any issue necessarily with the fundamental premise of transgenderism. Like I do. I do take an issue with the fundamental premise. She does not, at least not publicly. And I don't know how she feels personally one way or another. But, and the book doesn't. Like the book actually doesn't say that it's necessarily impossible for a man to be a woman. The book just doesn't give an opinion on that one way or another. Um, all it does is talk about this phenomenon as it affects children, especially girls. And that's hate speech also. Because when it comes to the, uh, the trans mafia, their message is clear. You're not allowed to talk about this. All of the, you know, you, you can't even notice these problems. You cannot mention them. To notice them or mention them is hate speech. Elsewhere at the Seattle Pride Parade, we should note the uh, Boy Scouts were on the scene. I think we have the footage here. Maybe we do. Yeah, okay. There are the Boy Scouts, and uh, they're marching along with American flags, but also pride flags, as they were put in the pride parade. And uh, it's probably not a coincidence, by the way, that they have the kids holding the pride flags even higher than the American flags. And there are also, as you can see when they march by, there are a lot more pride flags than American flags. Oh, there we go. So pride flags greatly outnumbering the American flags, but that doesn't make a difference. I mean, the fact that you're putting kids in a pride parade in the first place is obviously demented. And I can't play footage of this, but maybe you could just take my word for it or you could look it up online if you really wanted to. The fact check me, maybe this was one time where you won't fact check me, but there were fully naked adults in this parade marching alongside um, the, the Boy Scouts marching in the same parade as the Boy Scouts were fully naked adults. There was a, there was a whole team of um, nude groomers on bicycles just cycling around in front of kids who are in the crowd and also alongside kids who are in the parade. And then afterwards, there's all this footage of uh, a lot of these people. They, they gathered at a fountain downtown in Seattle and they were just fully nude adults, like prancing around in the fountain, with with little kids there. But this is—they're not groomers, right? That's a conspiracy theory. That's a—it's a homophobic conspiracy theory to say that these people are groomers, G- getting fully naked in front of kids and prancing around kids fully naked is well, to call that grooming is is nothing but a—it's an anti-gay conspiracy theory, right? That makes a lot of sense. I wanted to mention this, not not quite as important as some of the other issues we talked about, but I've had this on the docket for a few days. So big news: the Lord of the Rings series for Amazon, they just announced will have female orcs. So there's going to be representation. You know, we know that this is this is absolutely going to be, and I've been telling you this from the beginning. From the moment they announced this Lord of the Rings series for, for Amazon, I told you, just give up all hope. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here when it comes to this. If you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, they are going to butcher it and they are going to wokeify it. There's no way that they won't. It's impossible that they won't. And so we're already getting a preview of that based on the fact that they're um, bragging about having female orc representation in Lord of the Rings. And I'm just wondering, where else can we get representation? Like if they make another Tremors sequel... I want a female, gay, and trans giant man-eating worms in that if they make a Tremor sequel. Uh, They should do a Hills Have Eyes remake and make sure there's greater LGBT representation among the deformed incestuous cannibals. Um, I want another remake of The Thing, but The Thing is non-binary. I want that also. I guess we already have that. It's called TikTok, but we need all of that. One other thing before we get to the comment section, a very special comment section I should note you're not going to, want to miss it. Uh, we never talked about this on Friday either, but we need to. Kamala Harris's team, in an increasingly desperate effort to uh, make her seem human and relatable, they released this video of her uh, shooting a basketball and making the shot on the first try. Really impressive. Let's watch this video first. Look at that. And she puts her hands up. She says, yeah, did you ever doubt me? First shot, I made it, or maybe not, because then the full video came out. And uh, let's just take a look at the full video, or at least some of it, anyway. Here's here's what happened before she actually made the shot. Go ahead and play this. All right, she starts by she's standing on the court, cackling for no reason, as we might expect. And then someone hands her. Okay very poor dribbler, you would expect her to have better ball handling skills based on well, never mind, but you know, she has the hand-eye coordination and agility of a malfunctioning robot this is just, who let her do this? Like, Kamala's team hates her, and we know that, because otherwise they would have stopped this from happening takes another shot Uh, at least she, she made contact with something that time how many shots is this? That was two shots she missed. So third shot. Terrible form. Look at this form. What is that? What? Oh, almost. You know the sad part is that she would still be a top three scorer in the WNBA. WNBA recruiters are watching this like, man, this kid has potential. Anyway, okay, so we get the point. To quote Joe Biden, "You ain't black." All right, let's uh, let's get now to a very special edition of the comment section.
1: Daily cancellations are-
0: Have you ever looked at your credit card statement and been shocked by the interest rate? Did you know that you could actually roll all of your credit card debt into one monthly payment at a lower fixed interest rate? You can lower your interest rate and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream. Rates start at 5.73% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Plus, the rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan, and that gives you stability stability. Uh, You can certainly use some of that in this uh, economic climate. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000, and there are absolutely no fees at all. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Just for my listeners, though, you can apply now to get a special interest rate discount discount, and save even more than that. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Walsh. That's L-I-G-H-T dot com slash Walsh. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 5.73% APR to 19.99% APR and include 0.5% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Walsh for more information. All right, so a few months ago, while in the throes of insanity, I announced that uh, once we crossed a million views, I would celebrate with an interpretive dance performed for the Sweet Baby Gang. And the next day, having come to my senses and regained full consciousness, I begged to be relieved of this obligation and to be released from my promise. But my audience is full of sadists who uh, demand to see me humiliate myself for their amusement. And uh, so be it. Um, I am a man of my word. And so as promised and then demanded, I did in fact personally myself, and this is really me 100%, I did perform an interpretive dance to mark this momentous occasion, and now we will show you this piece of art, this work of of staggering, tragic beauty, where I, personally myself, dance for all of you. Well, if you're just listening to the audio version of this podcast, then unfortunately you are uh, either not able to see this wonderful thing or you're being spared the spectacle. But if you want to see my dance in all of its glory, visit dailywire.com. Or go to youtube.com/slash/the matt Wall show. Well, there it is. Uh, what is it? What just happened? Why did it happen? Nobody will ever really know for sure. I will say though that, uh, and this is just just a little bit of uh, if I could get serious for just a second, you know that through that dance, expressing myself through the movement of my body in that way. Um, I can tell you that I felt for the first time at home and at peace in the universe. Um, I got in touch with something deep and primal and raw. Uh, I fell in love with with life, with nature, with dance. Well, June has been one of the biggest months in Daily Wire history and also in the the history of the the country as well. Um, And we still have a week to go. My documentary, What is a Woman?, has a 97% uh, score on Rotten Tomatoes and over 5,000 ratings. The book, What Is a Woman, which released only 13 days ago, is already, as mentioned, a national bestseller. We also had our premiere of the blockbuster uh, summer film, Terror on the Prairie, starring MMA fighter turned actress Gina Carano. We proved once and for all that Hollywood cannot cancel you if you don't let them cancel you. And now this week, on Wednesday, June 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern, we will have our backstage live at the Ryman. We did it uh, about a year ago, and it was a lot of fun. It's going to be even better this time. You'll see your favorite Daily Wire hosts like you've never seen them before. taking on the cultural and political topics of the day. Uh, Describing it doesn't really do it justice though, so just take a look. Welcome to the Daily Wire backstage live at the famous Ryman Auditorium. It was amazing, we were in the presence of greatness. The energy of having everyone on the same page was amazing. If your family member is still waiting for Fauci to give them permission, To leave their house, it might be time to cut that off. (laughs) I'm actually pretty excited to meet all of them. I love everybody's opinion individually. I don't
1: have a favorite. I like them all. I had found out a way to make football players cry in high school. My high school experience would be (laughs) a (laughs) lot. I'm just excited to be here and be surrounded by like-minded people and to just, you know, feel that energy.
0: Who should we remove from office? One politician, the most powerful politician in the country. Dr. Fauci! Doctor, what are you talking about? We're doing culture here. I'm so thrilled to see this happening. If they say to half of the country, you can't, that half of the country needs to say, screw you, we will.
1: Backstage Live happens right here in Nashville on June 29th. Get your tickets now.
0: So tune in to Backstage Live at the Ryman this Wednesday, June 29th at 8 p.m. Eastern, Eastern and become a Daily Wire member by going to dailywire.com slash Walsh and use code Walsh for 25% off your membership. That's dailywire.com Walsh today. Now let's get to our daily cancellation. Today, uh, we quite happily cancel hookup culture, um, but I'm not the one canceling it. Not by myself, anyway. For today, I, I joined hands with pro-abortion feminists in delivering this cancellation, ironically, the anti-hookup culture cause makes for strange bedfellows. So in response to the termination of Roe v. Wade, the reaction from abortion enthusiasts has stretched across the whorishness spectrum. Uh, In many cities around the country, protesters who skimp on clothing but never on meals have defiantly paraded their half-naked bodies around, oftentimes twerking aggressively like some kind of weird and ghastly mating ritual. Here was the scene in Dallas, for example. Check it out. If anything could ever make me mourn the end of Row, uh, it would be a scene like that. But Roe itself was such a monstrosity that even these sorts of nightmarish spectacles are a cost worth paying. Watching that video, I don't regret that Roe was overturned, but I do perhaps regret that I am not blind. But in any case, uh, here we have women wielding their sexuality as a weapon. It's just not clear what the weapon is supposed to accomplish or what it's supposed to destroy, besides their dignity and my appetite. But on the other end of the spectrum, some pro abortion women have gone an entirely different route. Rather than bending over and presenting themselves to the public like a dog in heat, These women have promised uh, a sex strike. They're saying that they will, for a period of time, or maybe forever, stop having sex with random men in order to punish those random men for the Supreme Court's decision. It's not clear what these men have done to deserve that punishment, but uh, I'm sure they're grateful for it anyway. In one popular video on TikTok, an abortion fan lays out the plan specifically. Listen.
1: Hear me out. What if we withhold sex? I'm not kidding. What if we use our most powerful protesting option and withhold sex from penises until this is made right?
0: I love the I'm not kidding part because she the idea of withholding sex, of like not having sex or abstaining, to her, it's, it's so, you know, of not having sex with random people all the time. It's so shocking to her that she has to pause. She says, here's an idea. What if we don't have sex for a while? No, seriously, I'm not kidding. Seriously, guys. Withhold sex from penises, she says, because that's how she views the sexual act, as an exchange between two sets of faceless, nameless body parts. The New York Post talked to some protesters at a demonstration in New York City about their sex strike plans, and uh, they all hit on similar themes. Reading now, it says... Big Apple abortion protesters were in support of a sex strike Saturday as abstinence started trending on Twitter in the wake of the Supreme Court's decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Quote, if you're a man who won't get a vasectomy, even though it's reversible and you're not out on the streets fighting for my rights, uh, you don't deserve to have sex with me. Brianna Campbell, a 24-year-old EMT, told The Post. Caroline Healy, a 22-year-old event coordinator, also questioned why sex was more important than women's rights. Quote, I think it's absolutely valid for us to be withholding the holy grail that men seem to think is important. She told the Post, um, quote, women of America, take the pledge. Because SCOTUS overturned Roe v. Wade, we cannot take the risk of an unintended pregnancy. Therefore, we will not have sex with any men, including our husbands, unless we are trying to become pregnant, one Twitter user wrote. I live in New York, quote, and I am uh, double furious with the Supreme Court. I want to find people who are coordinating a mass sex strike. That is our power, one woman raged. Quote, women have the power here. No more sex until abortion rights are federal law. Another said, quote, perhaps a sex strike, also known as abstinence, would help the men folk to be all in on the women's rights issue. Well, um, I am a man folk, and I can say that your decision to abstain from sex in response to overturning Roe definitely does not make me lament the overturning of Roe. It is rather a significant bonus. This is like this is like getting upgraded to first class and then finding a one hundred dollar bill under your seat. Okay, this is this is again upside upon upside, win upon win, and we're not done winning yet, because back on TikTok, the pro-abortion luminaries of that app have been even more explicit about their ultimate intentions. Reading from an article on Insider, published a few weeks before the Roe decision was officially announced, it says, quote, some women say they will deny casual sex if they do not have abortion rights after news broke that the Supreme Court uh, is poised to overturn Roe v. Wade. Quote, in case you're a man who doesn't care about Roe v. Wade, just know that if abortion gets banned, hookup culture will be absolutely decimated. According to one TikTok user, which has received more than 1.2 million views in a single day, Quote, what, women, what woman would have mediocre sex with a drunk rando if he could potentially father their child, she continued, noting that the video is directed at all the pro-life men who love Plan B. The clip drew more than 263,000 likes and more than 3,100 comments, with many users agreeing with her assessment. Quote, OMG, I'm entering my celibacy era, a user commented below, to which the video creator replied that she had the same thought the second the news came out. Quote, we all need to collectively agree to never touch another man again if it gets overturned. Um, Another user declared that they were deleting all dating apps as we speak. And in another video, which received 12,000 views, fitness influencer Nikki Cox said that the debate surrounding Roe v. Wade isn't just for women. Quote, since about 75% of men only care about sex and money, I hope they know this Roe v. Wade decision could destroy hookup culture and leave them paying 18 years of child support, she wrote. Now, one thing you'll notice is that Over the past few days, the pretense has been completely dropped. Abortion advocates are no longer pretending that abortion is anything but a form of birth control. Of course, prior to the overturning of Roe, they they bristled at the suggestion that anyone would ever use abortion as birth control. Now, amid their hysteria, they've forgotten about that talking point altogether. That's for the best. Because abortion, in the lion's share of cases, has been used as a means to divorce sex From its natural consequences, otherwise known as birth control. This has been the left's primary undertaking, its animating principle, its great commission. I think quite possibly this is more than anything else, the core of leftism itself, and that is the desire to reduce sex down to its mere physical sensations. They want to remove everything from the sexual act except the physical pleasure. Everything else goes away. Take away love, take away joy, devotion, fidelity, They want intimacy without intimacy, take away commitment, familiarity, emotional fulfillment. And most of all, or at least first of all, they seek to strip from sex its life-giving capacities. The problem they always run into, though, is that it's not actually possible to permanently remove all of those things from sex. And if ever they do encounter somebody, usually a man who's actually achieved the goal of engaging the sexual act without any emotions or any sense of responsibility or any commitment at all wrapped up into it, they'll hate that man and organize a Me Too mob to come after him. Because as usual, they don't much like the Frankensteins they've created. But in most cases, totally emotionless and consequence-free sex is an illusion. The attempt to neuter sex in this way, to turn it into a meaningless interaction between nameless sets of sex organs— just creates a mass orgy of confusion and despair, otherwise known as hookup culture. And yet, even though hookup culture utterly fails to make anybody happy, and instead succeeds in making everyone lonely and miserable, it was still able to linger on as long as it had abortion as its fail-safe. Because abortion was supposed to be sort of the fortress defending the individual from the natural results of their own choices. Meanwhile, inside that fortress, everybody is sad and confused and leading small, pathetic, self-centered little lives. But but that's the way it was set up. And now the fortress has been weakened. There are cracks and gaps all around where consequence in the form of new life can rush in. Some pro-abortion people have decided that the only way forward is to abandon the fortress completely, give up on hookup culture, Stop trying to have sex without consequence, and this is the right response, even if they don't have the right motivations behind it. And who knows? Maybe if they give up on hookup culture, you know, uh, then they'll discover that that um, what they were trying to protect themselves from is much better than what they were trying to protect. Perhaps they'll abandon their pursuit of consequence-free, loveless, pointless sex and learn to embrace the alternative. And the alternative is not celibacy, but a committed, faithful relationship with another human being who you know and love and who you've devoted yourself to through the bonds of marriage and to whom you can give yourself fully and completely without fear or reservation. And and when you encounter the natural consequence of sex, the formation of a new human life, you'll learn to see it not so much as a consequence, but as a blessing and a gift. With this perspective and this attitude of true acceptance, you'll also experience what is known as joy, which is something that you'll never find in hookup culture, which is anyway today canceled. And we'll leave it there for today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Godspeed. The show is edited by Jeff Tomblin. Our audio is mixed by Mike Cormina. Hair and makeup is done by Cherokee Hart. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2022. A CNN commentator laments that the repeal of Roe means that it won't be as easy to kill people with mental disabilities. AOC and Maxine Waters take a break from investigating an insurrection to instigating an insurrection. And the Supreme Court rules in favor again uh, today on On Monday, June 27th, another major, major win for the Constitution, specifically for conservatives and Christians and religious liberty. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.